thanking, spending time thanking uh, the Dukes, especially Katie Duke. Katie's back there. You can look at her. There she is, yeah. Hey. Um, Matt and Katie have uh, bought a place out in uh, far from here, in the woods, far from here. Uh, it's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes away, so um, Katie is transitioning out of her, her role with us, um, and we are incredibly grateful for all that she's done for us over the past few years. I've said this at a number of places, that every time we've needed to, to change the person who leads this ministry, um, something else has needed to, to be done. We've needed to grow in some way. And Katie has been the, the right person to help us to grow um, in these specific ways, the way that we've talked about what we teach our kids and, and how and everything. And it is a difficult task. Uh, this is a, a part-time job that, that can carry the emotional weight of a like time and a half kind of job. And Katie has done it really well and that has affected her whole family. Uh, if you'd been over to their house where they lived, there was a, a place, a room where Katie could go and just basically she had to shut the door and just say, I need to do this now and everybody else has to figure everything else out. And she did that faithfully for years and we're really, really grateful. So could you just express some appreciation to her right now? Yes, with clapping, yes. We, um, I would encourage you after this, either here or at the, the lunch this afternoon, to make sure to go up and thank them, thank Katie to her face. Uh, she would love for you to embarrass her again and again with effusive praise and thanks. She just loves that kind of thing. So if you could do, go do that. And of course, we have, we have, we'll have a gift for them as well uh, that we'll be giving them there. Linked to that is, uh, we sent out an email a couple weeks ago um, telling everybody that we had uh, the session and made a decision to hire somebody to replace Katie as best we can to replace Katie. And is she in here? She, there she is. She's sitting next to you. Becky, can you come up here? This is, uh, this is Becky Haltewanger. You may have seen her over the past year. Um, you may have not. She's, she was here with us as she was working for Camp Crestridge. Um, she spent a year in their internship program and then the summer as one of the directors of camp. And uh, we are excited to welcome her onto to our staff and taking uh, Katie's position. Um, and as I've said before, every time we've had to change this position, we've, we've seen growth areas where we need to grow. And we are kind of excited to see what that's gonna look like over the next couple of years. Um, she will have other jobs. Uh, this is still a part-time job. Her other job will be working in the primary school, right? Teacher's assistant for third grade? Yes, for exceptional children. Third grade exceptional children. Uh, so we're excited about that too. She's going to be in the, in the primary school. She's going to be spending her time uh, ministering in our valley even when she's not you know, on our time. So uh, Becky needs your support. Becky is ready to 
uh, get to know everything that she does not know yet. And we, one thing that we love about our church is that we're confident that this church is full of people that don't want to see her succeed. And then in turn, we feel confident that she is, has gifting and abilities to help us too. So it's a, a two-way street. So we're excited about having, having Becky. Can I pray for you? Is that, is that okay? Will you pray with me? Uh, not just today. I would recommend lots of prayer for, for Becky always. Okay, pray with me. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for everything that you've done in our church with our families, with our kids. We love our kids. And God, we thank you for sending us people throughout our entire history who love our kids, who think about our kids um, all the time and want to do better and better in teaching them and growing them and loving you. And Jesus, we thank you so much for, for Katie and her careful attention and care the way that she has grown us in the way that we teach our kids and what we teach our kids. And Father, we just pray that you will take those seeds that have been planted for years. And God, we just pray that there would be a seamless transition into Becky's leadership as we keep doing that same thing as a people, sowing the seed of the gospel into the hearts of our kids. God, we pray that you would bless Becky as she's getting rooted and grounded in this valley. Um, God, give her support, give her friends, give her a, a strong community that we know is there waiting for her. God, we pray that you'd bless her with, with peace and patience and wisdom and creativity and passion so that, God, we just keep growing along with our kids, that we just keep getting better and better at what we do because of you, because of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So God, bless her, help her to sleep the sleep of the, the beloved so she can wake up rested every day, uh, ready to minister to our kids, to the kids of this valley. We ask Jesus that you would do this most of all so that your name would be on the, our lips and on the lips of our children from generation to generation. We trust that this is in your heart, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Becky. All right, we are in a, a series, just a short four-week series on the book of Proverbs. Um, and this, this morning, I had, was, I had throughout the week, uh, not throughout the week, at the beginning of the week, I, I thought I was going one direction and decided to, to go a different one. Um, the topic of friendship is one that the book of Proverbs spends a great deal of time talking about. Uh, I've pulled quite a few verses from Proverbs, and this isn't all of them. Uh, this is clearly important in the mind of the teacher, and I think in the mind of God, because friendship is, is important and vital to us all. So uh, these verses are going to be on the screen behind me. This week I decided to print them on paper for myself instead of trying to constantly cue Jeremiah where I wanted to be. So I'm reading the Bible too, just for the record. It's just I printed them here. All right, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. That's Proverbs 17, 17. 27, 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. 25, 20. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. 
and like vinegar on soda. 25, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. 1226, one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 1320, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And then 1824, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let me pray for us as we listen to the word of God. God, we thank you that there is a way to walk in this world that is wise, that makes sense because of the way you made the world and because of your character. And God, we pray that our hearts would be soft and our ears would be open to hear that way. God, we, help a, we pray that you'd help us to see this way of friendship and God, that we would listen and obey you, that the world would make sense as we come to follow you more closely. For you are our closest and dearest friend. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, Last week, I I spoke about money, and uh, I I put out a disclaimer that I am not a financial expert and uh, would never put myself up as one, and you can check my receipts to verify that. Um, in, the, in a similar fashion, I would stand up here and say, I am not the ideal friend. In fact, I, I would just confess about myself that I am generally not a very good friend. I've been around people, namely like uh, my wife and others who seem to just get how friendship should work, and just some piece of that circuitry seems to be missing from my brain. And so I'm not telling you here this is three ways to be a good friend because uh, that's not my experience. Um, I was going back and forth with somebody recently, somebody who I love who's close to me, and they were saying that uh, they, they felt sorry that they'd not been a good friend, that our friendship had suffered recently. And my response was, I thought we were fine. Like, I thought we were cool. I didn't even know. Um, and they were like, you may just be bad at friendship. And I, and I said, that may be true. That, that may be true. Um, my experience growing up was that I did not have many friends. Uh, I, I, um, as soon as I turned 14 and I was legally allowed to work, I worked a little bit before I was legally allowed to work, but whatever, uh, I got a job. And I worked the maximum number of hours that was legally permissible all the way through so that by the time I was 16, 17, 18 in high school, I was not going out and hanging out with friends. I would get off of school, go home, change, and go to work. First a Chick-fil-A and then a bookstore, Um, both of which is awesome. commend both of those things. Uh, When I came to college at, at Montreat, turns out friendship is like a big part of school. This is a new thing to me. And I, not only am I an introvert who, who finds it difficult to meet people, period, I was an introvert who's bad at being a friend. And so I was graciously put in the circle of people who were very patient with me and coaxed me out of my room and taught me how to do this thing called hang out. 
which was new. Uh, I remember one, one night uh, very vividly where I and probably six, seven, eight people spent a great deal of, of the night, like into like two in the morning, just being silly and talking and taking stupid pictures by Lake Susan. And I, as soon as it was over, I was able to say that was one of the best nights of my life because I did not, I did not know how good it was to have friends like that. So I'm not speaking to you today as somebody with a wealth, a pile of friends and saying, be like me. My hope is that we would listen to the scriptures and hear what Proverbs is saying about the nature and the power of friendship and that we would uh, attend to the wisdom of scripture and walk in this better way. Okay, And I think this is a clearly important thing to hear right before school starts. Many of you have kids, and you, your kids are very aware of how important friends are at this age. If you have young kids, friends is like top of the list of importance just by nature. You know, the first thing that my daughter wanted to do at the Meet the Teacher Day was not, we already knew what her teacher was at W.D. Williams. She wanted to see who's on the list of people in her class and who was there from last year as opposed to this year. That I didn't have to teach her that. She just knew that that's what you're supposed to do. So there is a way that we are meant to look at friendship and approach friendship, not just for our kids, but as adults. As adults growing up in the way of Jesus, there's a way that we are meant to appreciate and approach friendship. And this morning, I'm going to be pretty brief because we're going to spend a a deal of time praying together for for this semester. So I want to just get to the heart of the themes that are here in some of these verses that I read. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And this is, this is perhaps a non-controversial statement about friendship. This is something that pretty much everybody could get on board with. And depictions of stories, you're often, very often you either have the story where the, the hero is the archetypical uh, lone ranger and they're facing everything by themselves. But there's this kind of emotional grind with stories like those. It's hard to picture yourself being that lone ranger kind of person. Uh, and, and I'd say that the, the easier, more fun story to read is often where there's a band of people, a collection of people, even if there's a central protagonist, there's often a band around them. So, um, of course, I'm going to talk about Lord of the Rings. Of course, I'm going to talk about Harry Potter. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, but these are archetypical kinds of stories where you have centrally important people but the, the structure of the story itself is telling you that you cannot do it alone, especially in the thick and the darkest times of life. You cannot do it alone. And of course, this is the wisdom that the Proverbs will say as well. Friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. It is often in the worst, the most difficult, the hardest times that you experience the fullness of what friendship really is. But the necessity that we have now, maybe on the front end, before, before the hard times come, before darkness comes, is that you have to build friendships 
now in the good times, knowing that bad times are coming. What's demanded of us is that we approach friendship as a necessity, a real need, so that now when things are easy, you have to be making basically a deposit in the banks of friendship that only comes good, only comes true when things are especially difficult. And we need to talk about that now before a school year comes because guess what's going to happen? You're going to get very busy. Whether you yourself are a student that's starting the school year, whether you are the parent of a student, whether you have nothing to do with the school year whatsoever, your life is tied to other people's lives whose school year is starting. And what I'm saying now when your life is about to crank up is you have to make a decision right now, right now, to say I will prioritize friendship when it is easier so that before tragedy comes, I will have friends. And busyness eats up at your time. It will consume you. And if you're like me as an introvert, there's only so much energy I have to give outside of myself. And when I get busy, my temptation is, you know what I like to do right now? Is I like to watch a show on Netflix. I like to get in bed. I'd like to read for 25 minutes. And then I would like to go to sleep. That's what I have on my agenda Nine out of 10 nights, and I'm being generous there, it's probably more like 10 out of 10 nights. You were not meant to live a Christian life without friends. And I mean real and deep and true friendship. Real and deep and true Christian friendship. You were meant to live the life of God in Jesus, with Jesus, with friends. Because hard times are coming. If they are not here right now, they are coming. And so my question to you on the precipice of a new school year is, who are your friends in Jesus that you prioritize so that you know when adversity comes? They will be your brother or your sister in that moment of crisis. You cannot, when you get to the moment of crisis, say, ah, I got to make some brothers and sisters. Maybe that will happen for you. More likely is you will be so consumed with adversity that you will just be in the space where you're treading water and you cannot at that point make friends. You are relying on others to be ultra generous and superhumanly so and establish a friendship with you that should have already been established. That happens sometimes. Wisdom says, prepare now. So as the school year starts, what friendships are you investing in and making a priority? Because friendship is important. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads him astray. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You cannot do any of these things by yourself. These all speak of a collective approach to doing life. It has to be a commitment So friends are for hard times. God made you that way. And let me just say, I I can't tell you how many friends that will be. 
that there's some room for creativity here. Some of you people have like 40 best friends and I don't understand you. Okay, if I have one or two with whom I can really and honestly talk and bear my soul to, I'm feeling good about that. I'm not standing up here and telling you you need to have three dozen or that you need to be like me and have two. That, that, some of that is, has to do with personality. What I am saying is friends are for hard times. So in the good times, invest in them because they will carry you when the world closes in. Friends are for hard times. This other thing, this is the other things, this is the other thing that friends are for. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Friends are for hard times, and friends say hard things. See, this is where the, the Bible gives us a particular vision for friendship that transcends maybe what might be most natural. Our, our version of love that we talk about culturally is, is often saccharine sweet, just overly sugary. And if you're like me, you just, it's too much and you don't want it. If it's something is too sweet, I just want to spit it out. And the way that we talk about love today, romantic love and love of friendship here specifically, is that everything is basically about back clapping, about uniform, basically worship of the other person. Anything you want is great. You're the best, buddy. I love you. Do whatever your heart tells you to do. That is often what our version of love is, and that is the most comfortable kind and definition of love. But a biblical definition of love is different. A friend is not just there in hard times. A friend is a companion to say the things to you that you need to hear, that you would be delightfully, lovingly wounded by a friend who seeks your freedom even when you don't have the courage or vision to see it for yourself. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. You cannot do life with Jesus by yourself. Somebody else has to be working the mechanisms of the well at times to pull things out of you. And not only that, but this little parable, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. This is, this is saying the person who said, when it's hard, says, it's all right, buddy, you'll do great, everything will be fine. They, that's worthless, that's useless. That's like vinegar on soda. It, it, it just dissolves it's useless. It's taking a jacket away from somebody on a cold day because a friend in the middle of hard times will hear hard things and be empathetic and suffer alongside of you. A, a good friend does not try to speak away the, the trouble that you're facing but instead enters into trouble with you. And at times, what Proverbs is saying, sometimes the friend brings trouble to you 
it's important that we have a, a biblical understanding and commitment to friend, a kind of friendship that says, I will say the hard things to you, and you will say the hard things to me. There are different levels of friendship. Okay, I don't know everybody in this room equally well. I'm not everybody's friend in this room. There are people in this room that I'm acquaintances with, that I like, and we can hang out together. I'm not walking around to everybody and in, in opening wounds. But there are people who are, are my real and true friends, the people especially that I have life transformation group that I see every week and we talk about our lives. It is my responsibility as their friend to wound them, not to kill them, but to set them free. And it is their responsibility with me to do similar. If you do not have friendships where you feel that squirmy moment where you say, I've got to talk to them. I've got to say this. Or if, you, if they don't feel that with you, then you are in danger. You, you might have companionship. You might have fun time acquaintance people. But biblical friendship makes space for us to say hard things to one another for the purpose of growing more and more in the image of Jesus and into his way of love and life and holiness. That kind of friendship is available to you, but it requires work. It requires a kind of honesty and vulnerability. And honestly, it, it will involve pain, possibly from rejection as, as somebody lets you down. But Christian friendship is, is supposed to be more like family than it is just hanging out. It's supposed to be more like a, a, a deep and true knitting together. And I want to I challenge married people. Your spouse should be a friend to you, but your spouse should not be your only friend. Does that make sense? Your spouse should be a real and true friend to you, and you should work on your friendship together. But if you don't have any friends outside of your, of your spouse, you are missing out. And if I could be particularly challenging here, men. Men need friends. Revolutionary idea. Let me just venture out on this thin ice. But men need friends. And I have met more men who are like me, bad at friendship, than I have met women. And I don't have an explanation for that. I'm not here to solve that quandary. What I am here to say is that men, I would challenge you to look at your life whether you are married or single, and say, do I have this kind of friendship? Not we're just like, he's a good guy, I know that something happens, he'll be here, but I mean, that guy is in my life, he can get in my face, I can get in his. I will be in his hard stuff, he will be in mine. Friendship is not something just for children and women. Friendship is for people, male and female, young and old. 
And I, I think that our culture especially needs a, a vision, a demonstration from men in the church what deep and true friendship really looks like. Not just like bro time. The culture understands bro time. What we need is open and vulnerable love between men as friends. So for many men in here, you may need to talk to a spouse or to a, a, a female and say, can you please teach me what I should be doing, even like a checklist or something? We all need this kind of friendship that is made for hard times, a friendship that says hard things so that we can live the good life. You were not meant to be alone. And if you are alone, you do not have to get married to experience companionship and friendship. You do not have to be a superstar popular person. If you are lonely and alone in this place, single or married alike, the church should be for you. This church should be for you a place where you find somebody who will walk alongside you and hold you close and hold you tight as you invite each other in to real and true friendship. Because here's, here's the thing. This, when we, when we model right and good friendships, we are not just saying it is good to have people to hang out with. Because ultimately, the best imagery of friendship that Scripture will use is the character of God. Friendship is not just about having people to invite over to your birthday party. Friendship is about the one who made you, who is himself, we believe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternal community. God forever exists in community. And His people are meant to reflect His image. And one of the results of sin is something is driven down in the stake, as, with a stake into the center of us. And there's fracturing in the way that we are meant to represent His image. All of us fail in hard times. And all of us both need hard words spoken to us and have a hard time speaking those hard words. Because at the heart of us as potential friends, we experience a deep need and loneliness that no one can address. This is what's difficult about friendship. Fundamentally, to be human is to be lonely. This is the reality of being human that you will come to experience or have experienced already. There, there is an awareness inside of yourself that only you can be with you in this deepest, most intimate way. And you try to be known and be known and be known, maybe, if you even get that far as trying. And you can be, have deep relationships, you can get married, you can have deep friendships. And still, you will find yourself surprisingly lonely. This is something that I talk about with people before they get married. 
you will, never, you will not never be lonely again when you get married. Do not think that this will solve this. Because inside of you, you were meant to know and be known by the Creator God who can be closer to you than your breath is to your lungs. Jesus says in John 15, 9, as he, He's moving towards the cross, He's speaking to His friends. As the Father has loved me, so, as, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that you your fruit should abide so that whoever, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Jesus comes and tells his people his surprising truth. No longer do I call you servants. I call you friends. What you were ultimately made for is not just friendship with other people. You were made for friendship with God. Friendship with others is not just an issue of, man, do I feel better about myself today or tomorrow? Who will be there when things go wrong? You were made vocationally for friendship. Friendship goes to the very core of what it means to be human. First and foremost, you were meant for friendship with God. Friendship is not a tangential, tangential skill. It is not a thing that popular people have. Friendship is what you were made for. And you were made to reflect that character, that nature, into the world so that your life with one another, my life with you, and your life with others was meant to say to ourselves and to everyone watching, the nature of the God who made this whole world is friendship. And Jesus tells his people, you're not far off. I don't call you servants because you don't know what I'm doing. I have made myself available to you. You now know what I'm doing. Everything that the Father has told me, I have told you. Do you reflect that kind of intimate disclosure to anyone? Or are you afraid? And are you alone? Do you see that God stands in front of you? telling you that I have not made you for the servant's house, but I have made you for friendship. Do you know that you were meant to be a friend of God? And friendship with God heals the loneliness that will echo around your life if you just seek to fill it with other people. The loneliness in your soul that you feel in those dark and quiet moments of your life is a sign to you that you were made for your maker. This morning, the God who is himself, the friend that you need, stands before you.
in the hardest time of your life, there will be no truer friend to you. This friend, Jesus, speaks the hardest truth to you. That you have been broken, fractured, and corrupted down to the very core of you. This friend will draw from you a kind of life that you could not put in yourself. This friend knows what it means to suffer with you and will not brush past your suffering like taking the coat off a man in the cold. This friend will wound you so that he might heal you. As the Proverbs writer says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Your best and truest friend will be Jesus. This is the companionship of the divine offered to you in Christ Jesus, which will then spin off for you into a life of companionship and friendship. Not of your own doing and own genius, but out of a life of imitation of the one who made you for himself. Turn to this friend this morning and follow in his way. This whole school year, Seek to be like Jesus. Draw your life from Him. This is the way of wisdom. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank You that You are a kind and faithful friend. That You disclose Yourself to us and in fact suffered for us on our behalf. By our nature, we are the ones that would pierce your side and crush your wrists and throw you in the grave. Those are the wounds we would throw on you, but you wound us like a friend and speak to us of our deep need. Jesus, I pray that our ears would be open this morning, that we would hear the call to friendship with God. Father, I pray that everyone who is lonely down to their core this morning would find before them the only person in the universe who can be to them as close as they long for. I pray, God, that we would run towards You, that we would be open to You, vulnerable to You. And this morning, too, I pray for all of those who are marked by loneliness and community, who seem like an island in the middle of a raging sea, who all around it seems everyone has friends and is connected to one another and they feel in themselves particularly lonely and unlovable. I pray, God, that they would see the truth that they are not unlovable, that they need not be alone. God, I pray that you will help all of us men and women, young and old, married and single, help us to have a great love and confession for a need for friendship. Help us to be a people marked by friendship, who are open-handed in friendship, who are serious about friendship. Help us to be serious in our energy and our time in developing and cultivating friendships. Not just for our own benefit, but the world may look in and see that this is the nature of God. Father, help, help all of us 
to have a sense that we were made for friendship with You. Help us to to have more than just a sense of duty towards You. Not just a sense that You are the right option amongst all options, but that really and truly we have a personal and sincere friendship with You because You have adopted us as Your friends. Fill us up with Your life, O God. And let our lives be marked by it. We trust that you can do this, Lord Jesus. We pray that you will and that you'll do it quickly. Amen.